Welcome back to One Winning Pod, guys. I'm sorry. I just want to come out and say it. Uh, my uh, my score prediction for last week completely wrong. All right, I was totally surprised, just like the rest of you, or, or maybe not, maybe not the rest of us. I don't know. You guys picked the win, but uh, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> absolute dominance, man. Uh, the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Lions, thirty-eight to six. Uh, it was definition uh, beatdown. It was incredible game to watch. Uh, <laughs> incredible game to watch live. Um, I'm so happy to be wrong. How you guys doing? Awesome. It's this is this is what we wanted went to see from the Ravens, right? We know that this offense has this ability. We know this defense; they've been stellar all year. But man, it was a fun game. Um, I was out of town last week, and while the game was going on, so you know, I wasn't able to to see the game live. But I was walking around the Chicago Museum of Industry, uh, excellent museum. If you're ever in Chicago, highly recommend it. They recently re. Uh, renovated it it's got a bunch of t- a ton of cool stuff but yeah so i was walking around there with my wife and my kids and my wife's friend and just checking the phone every couple minutes and then oh ravens up seven zero check the phone again 14 zero okay check the phone again every time i check the phone there's a touchdown <laughs> i kid you not it was epic <laughs> that's awesome well i mean like we we're saying you know Adding Chris back off the IR really helped. I think that that gave him the boost. It wasn't that they had a bunch of Ravens legends. It wasn't they were inducting Suggs. It was that Chris was in the building. He was wearing that fly hat he's wearing right now, and that is what elevated their game. They saw it. <laughs> they were like, that's it. But the thing, the thing that gets me about this game, this is like the number one thing you can say, if you want to remember this game, before the Lions could register a first down, we had scored 28 points, <laughs> and it was the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> like that's that's how that game went for them. It was three three announced in a row, and each time we touched the ball, it was gold. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'll admit too because I remember definitely saying something to you, like at the beginning. But um, you know, it, it like it it took a little bit, I think, for for some things to start clicking as well. It's like I I feel like I was a little a little nitpicky about the offense initially. Um, you know, I think that there were some throws there, or just like oh man. Like nobody's getting open. What the heck's going on? We only, you know, Lamar had to scramble and get a couple of yards here or there. But, um, you know, I think eventually, like they found their groove. I think, um, I think the the touchdown to Aguilar, I think, was uh, just a vintage Lamar. I think it's just him buying time while you know things weren't working, and then finally something opened up through it. Great touchdown pass. Um, but you know, eventually, I think the the offense, like it, it shifted a little bit. Like guys started finding their way open. I think things just became a lot easier. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the running game also opened up as well, uh, which we'll talk more about. But um, yeah, eventually we just hit a point where it's just like you know, okay, it, it seemed like Detroit almost rolled over, and then you know that was kind of game. So um, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, I mean, shoot, man, like it reminded me of some of those games from 2019 where you know it, it just felt like anything the Ravens wanted to do, like they were they were scoring. So. Uh, great game, you know. Certainly, yeah, it was something we've we've wanted to see this from the Munkin offense. Um, you know, we wanted to see Lamar with it. We know he can be accurate. We know he's he's been having a great start, um, probably the best start uh, since 2019, his MVP season. But you know, we just haven't seen this team put it all together. And uh, you know, this game I think was a great example of just things were all put together: offense, defense, special teams. Let's also not forget. 
the Ravens did this against a team that's been doing very well to start the year. And despite this beatdown, I, I think it's still a, a real team. I don't think Detroit's a pretender. I think this was just a, a poorly poor decision of a game plan by their standard um, coming up against just everything that we did was top notch. Um, sometimes that happens even to the best teams. And I think certainly a team like Detroit, they're good, but they're young. So they're susceptible to having a misstep like this. Um, but that's what makes this win even better. I think that the Ravens were able to do this in a game. They needed to show up in a game that they needed to show like, you know, we, they have had some rocky games in this, this year against Pittsburgh, against the Colts. Um, even though Cincinnati, the, the final score really wasn't as close as it was, the Bengals still were within, you know, reached that game. And maybe the Bengals are for real, maybe they're not. We don't know yet. But to have this big of a win against a, an opponent that looks like they're going to be a playoff team when the season is done, still a lot of football to play. But I think if you're looking at it right now with what you know, that's a statement win, in my opinion. And you have wins like that, these statement wins against good opponents, those don't come too often in this league. What's so interesting about this statement win is after the game, they weren't happy. <laughs> you watch the presser, and Harbaugh's kind of like, eh, just a regular season game. Uh, Lamar looked visibly upset in the post game. He got the 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 lion spike or whatever and he looked he was still like sad you know he was like ticked off about what it could have been harbaugh was yelling like oh we'll think about what how how much better it could have been and and they're all just like they're 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 striving for this excellence and in a way it's kind of great right you don't want because like we're worried about trap games worried about like you know flip-flop performances and by having this growth mindset of like oh we want to keep improving like that's not good enough yet we need to keep improving I, I do think that's obviously the way to go. You don't be like feeling yourself too much. So definitely a hungry team. And I feel like just overall, like there's just a little bit of a personality difference this year. I think everyone's just a little bit more like none of this actually matters. Like we just need to get better as a team so that if we can get into the playoffs, we are the best version of ourselves. That is the goal right now. Like win, wins have to happen <laughs> as a byproduct of this, of this attempt to be a, a better team. But like the true goal is be a better team every week. And like the wins will come, hopefully, and then the playoffs will come, and then hopefully we're the best teams so we can actually do what we what we've been coming to do for the last couple of years and just haven't gotten it done. And I, I like that. I like that focus. Yeah, it's a great focus. I mean, because like we're saying, it's only week seven, right? And you don't prove everything in week seven. You just got to look at this as a building block. And we've obviously talked about things throughout this season. There's been games this year where the Ravens have won and we've opened up with here's the things that held them back from winning bigger, right? From ma- from making it a, a prettier win, so to speak. So it's good to see that, that the guys are holding themselves to a high standard, that they're not um, going to just sit around and, and feel great about the fact that they won this game by the score that they did, um, that they scored as many points as they did. Just stay hungry. Realize that this is a victory, but the prize is is far off still. You still got a lot of games to go if you're going to go, you know, all the way. So I, I, you love to see that. And I think that's a mark of a veteran team. It's another reason why you continue to keep John Harbaugh there, a coach who's been with the organization for over a decade and has experienced a ton of success. 
you know, it's great to I really like to see that in the post game. It, to me, it shows that the team is in the right mindset for the long haul here and is chasing perfection, which is what you're going to have to do to get to the Super Bowl. Well, let's dive into it a little bit just to throw out some stats. But I mean, like we're saying, um, you know, as, as much as Lamar was kind of, you know, uh, you know, being a little self-critical about after the game, right? Trying to focus on that growth mindset. Uh, statistically, I think one of his best games. I mean, probably the best game, at least since the Colts game, uh, 2021, I believe. Um, you know, 21 of 27, 357 passing yards, three touchdowns, not to mention nine carries, 36 yards. That's four yards a carry and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, he looked fantastic for most of the game, um, throwing, uh, you know, some great passes. Um, you know, I think, I think that the pass to Zay, uh, over the middle early in the first quarter, I think was really reflective of just how far uh, Lamar has come as a passer under Munkin. Uh, just a beautiful throw over the linebackers. I mean, Detroit's got some good young linebackers in there um, and guys who can cover as well. I mean, if you look at, you know, the tape from from the Tampa game the week before, I mean, guys like Campbell and, and Anzalone, I mean, they're all over the place in terms of pass coverage. They're flying around doing stuff. So, um, but I thought that pass was great. Just excellent amount of touch, be able to hit Zay over the middle and, uh, you know, have him get some yak afterwards. But, um, you know, Lamar's just been very, very accurate. I think there's only a couple throws I think that he's, you know, missed, uh, you know, or missed by a lot. Uh, but yeah, this was was certainly a, a career day, I think, for him. I mean, when you're just looking at, at quarterback rating alone, it was his highest rating uh, since the Miami game um, in the beginning of 2019. Obviously, he's had some pretty big games that, since then. Okay, so actually, I think tied 158.3 was his c- career high, tied with um, the Miami game and against since at Cincinnati that year. So, I mean, yeah, it's was a near perfect game from him, which was great to see him get the statistical backing of it, right? Because um, we saw that, that PFF said after the Steelers game that Lamar had the highest rating um, by their metric of any quarterback that week. And I forget what stats Alec threw out there, but it it was something obscene. Like if, (laughs) if uh, the wide receivers had caught the passes that they dropped, Lamar would have had like, what was like 400 plus passing yards and five touchdowns or something incredible against (laughs) the Steelers. So good to see, you know, the offense finally be able to, to, to execute right. When Lamar has those games now, sure. You know, if we dig into it, we still want to see more from the wide receivers. Zay and Andrews did their thing. You had better games from Odell and Bateman this game. You had Gus Edwards catch a pass. And I mean, he had 80 yards on it. That was more, I think, the the Lions defensive breakdown than Gus, despite the fact that Gus ran hard on that play. But yeah, there's still room for growth in this passing game, even with as big a game as this was. I mean, heck, no receiver had a 100-yard game in in this. Uh, So... I think that it's a step in the right direction, a big one. But yeah, certainly room for improvement there. Lamar is third in the league and uh, quarterback rating right now. Second in the league and completion percentage. Had another game, like you said, uh, over 155. Third time in his career as a QB rating. Tom Brady only had three of them in his whole long career uh, with many, many rings. So just an incredible performance by Lamar. And I think, like you said, Peter, the ball was distributed around. All the primary uh, suspects got a nice touch. Bateman had 
two catches and three plays, which was all his production for the day. But there was a 16-yarder and a 20-yarder, two first-down conversions, one of which on third down. And he did some dirty work. He ran um, good routes to clear out the other uh, guys. He had good blocks. He actually like contributed in chip blocking um, when he was like close to uh, the tackles. And I think that was kind of what we were looking for. Obviously, we want to see it a little bit more throughout the game. Um, but part of me thinks that because this game wasn't mm, competitive, <laughs> like <laughs> the game plan changed after the first four drives. It just absolutely did. There's a, there's a reason that they went into like, all right, let's just like win this game now, right? Like it's more of a ball control, like time of possession thing than I uh, having to, you know, just like keep like exposing the playbook and everything. Um, but I, I liked what I saw out of Bateman. Aguilar only one catch, but that catch was a great connection. We talked about it for the touchdown. And then uh, Zay had that huge um, catch that really got the bank rolling. It erupted. I heard that somebody was uh, still like going to their seat at that point, and uh, they thought it was a touchdown because how loud everyone was. But it was, it was just, a, but it was just a you know a big gain, and it's what you want to see. And of course, Mark Andrews on tight end day. The reason why Zay was so open, they all like pounced on him. They thought the ball was going to him. No, he had a monster game with two touchdowns. So seeing that was really encouraging. Uh, Odell, they didn't even talk about him. He had a bunch of catches, uh, chain moving. Um, looking healthier. Like that's he's still searching for that touchdown. He was pretty close. Didn't quite make it, but the whole group just, it was like the exact opposite of the, of the Steelers game, right? They caught the balls that were thrown to them and they succeeded. <laughs> it's like they had their best game ever. Like, like let's be honest, right? Like this, this game was so well executed. It probably won't be that pretty every time, <laughs> you know, even if they get better, it won't be that pretty. And it'll probably never be more disgusting than it was in the Steelers. So we probably have now seen the maximums on either side <laughs> as far as like absolute efficiency. Yeah. And, and actually another guy to mention about catching the ball, uh, Pat Ricard, man, I think he had the longest catch of his career. He did. Yeah. I think in this game. Yeah. It was, uh, it was incredible also to see him get involved. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it was just a game where everything, everything went right. I think for the Ravens, I think, you know, guys, guys were, catching the ball in, in key situations, um, you know, getting open, getting touchdowns. Um, it, I mean, it was just, I, I feel like there's, there's not too much to nitpick here. Maybe the only thing is like ball control. Um, you know, there obviously there was the, the one fumble, justice Hill, uh, you know, the botch, uh, you know, mesh point, I guess, between Hill and Jackson, uh, which, you know, ended up getting the, the ball back to the lions. I think that was probably another scoring drive that would have happened right. uh, if that fumble wasn't made. So, you know, there's some little things in there you want to clean up, but yeah, it was certainly it. I, I think you kind of said it earlier, Peter, it's, it seemed like it was a situation where, you know, maybe Detroit was expecting something else and it did not happen and they did not adjust <laughs> and, or, or by, by the time they did adjust, it was too late, um, you know, going into halftime, 28, nothing. So, um, you know, I think it's it's hard for any team to come back from that deficit. So, although not impossible, it has happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, so we had Glover on uh, Glover Quinn, All Pro safety, or I should say, former All Pro. He's retired now. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it was a fun episode, unique experience to be able to interview a former NFL player uh, about the game going in, um, and he had a lot of insightful comments to say about the game in my opinion but you know i think something that he did say that that surprised me a little bit but makes sense to a degree was um it really didn't seem from his perspective now i think he also admitted that um 
he doesn't follow teams outside of the Lions as as closely as you know maybe um, some of us would expect a, a, an ex pro to do. But um, he, he did have to ask us if Mark Andrews was still on the Ravens after all. But <laughs> he was reminded. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think he's, he's going to even remember it now. Uh, <laughs> Might have might have gotten him up in the middle of the night last night. Mark Andrews caught another touchdown. <laughs> but anyways, we kid, we kid. Jeez. Glover Glover was great. He was absolutely great to to have on the program. Um, uh, just uh, incredible what what him coming in and 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 being great for us. But I, I was really a little surprised for him to you know really say you know like hey, there's there's no one in his opinion um, catching the ball for the Ravens that, that Detroit should be um, concerned about going into the matchup there. They should um, Lamar concerned him uh, as you know, someone who's, who's not in the lions organization right now, but as someone who covers the team, but he said he, he didn't think that the, the receivers was going to be a, an issue for, um, for the Lions secondary. If, if I read what he was saying cor- uh, correctly and, you know, maybe it's possible that, that that the Lions coaching staff felt that way as well, because it certainly seemed that that was the game plan. It was just like, just stop Lamar, just get after him. And if it gets behind him, okay, we can deal with that. Well, it turns out they couldn't, though, because the Ravens, once they got the ball, plenty of space for yak yards. Um, I mean, the Ricard play like we're talking about, that should not have happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great to see. I love seeing it. You always love to see it when Ricard gets a – uh, a big catch like that, but that's inexcusable for an NFL defense to let that happen. Uh, to let Gus Edwards get that 80 yard run. Just, there was no, I don't think there was one contested catch that a Ravens receiver had to make in that game yesterday. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but if there were, there are few and far between because you're, they're not any that really stick out. Everything was nice and easy. Just catch it in the zone and run. And it just seemed to me like that was a gross miscalculation by Aaron Glenn and the Lions coaching staff. Um, not saying that that was the only reason that the Ravens offense was able to execute. I think they still would have executed if the Lions were a bit more aggressive um, in coverage, but it certainly made things a lot easier. Well, Peter, let's go into a little bit of the scheme and uh, and observations from the game from the offensive perspective, because I do think that the scheme was different this game. And you can look at just the snap counts to figure this out. Beloved Zay flowers, less snaps than normal. He had um, well, 72% of snaps in this game. And he's been in the high nineties recently. Mark Andrews actually had a little bit less snaps too, which was somewhat interesting, but Ricard likely and Kohler 40, 35 and 18% respectively. There was a little bit of garbage time, but that was only three snaps. So I'm not going to worry about that. What I saw was that they were passing out of heavier personnel a little bit more often than before. And what I also saw from a Alliance perspective is they were playing their safeties up close. So they were trying to protect against the run. And we were like, no, we're actually going to pass all over you. And because of this, um, they weren't able to get the pass rush going because they were always trying to like, you know, be ready for the run and not overcommit in that way. But also, they had their, their safeties down, and we would just go over top, or we would be able to find soft spots. And we got a lot of intermediate to longer passes completed because of it. A lot of you know 15-plus yard completions. And that is huge. Being able to run and pass out of heavier personnel 
is the dream we've been talking about since like I don't know, two years ago, <laughs> right? And and I felt like they actually did it this game. They actually really committed to breaking some tendencies too. Uh, on that Lamar touchdown run, they motion Ricard. They go to the opposite side. Everyone bit. No one, no one had any like pay attention to Lamar. They were so convinced that we were going to just you know go behind him, and they thought it was a handle that he was wide open. And then you see uh, Stanley road grade all the way out, saying inspiring his inner Yonda. Loved that, uh, that defender. <laughs> and that wasn't it. Another great play by Stanley is that I don't know. Like I noticed that game, but like I didn't quite notice like where everyone was lined up. But I rewatched. I saw. I remember they announced somebody was as eligible. Uh, and it was, it was Stanley. It was Stanley. Yep. <laughs> he yep. was on tight end. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like he was a tight end on the running back uh, or the Gus Edwards running touchdown. And um, I thought that it was just a lot of creative play calling and also uh, just great execution by uh, the line and also some of the skill players to be able to to pull off. You know, just making it look so easy. You know, it wasn't easy. It was good play calls. Sometimes, like like. Lamar evading for a million seconds and having, I think, nine seconds till he threw it to, um, to Aguilar. Like, that's, you know, that's not in the playbook exactly. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. like, yeah, but it, it was it was really well played. And then Andrew's just being him, you know, getting those catches going over top. Um, he definitely had the most contested catches of the game. But like you said, we're so used to it from him that, like, <laughs> was like of course he's going to come down with it. You know, he's just yep. uh, <laughs> guy and it was national tight end day he wasn't gonna mess around yeah i think i think you're on to something though because yeah at least from what i remember early on in the game is that you know i think if the if the defense of detroit like if they knew what was coming like those guys can cover i think that there are plenty of plays particularly i'm thinking in like the first quarter where you know the ravens were kind of in obvious passing situations and you know guys were just having trouble getting open right and I think I think you're right, Alec. Like it wasn't until later where okay, they're trying to figure out like okay, we're gonna try doing this out of a different personnel group, try to show something that we haven't seen before. That's when you really got those breakdown and coverages of guys not being in the right spot, and it's not from talent, right? Because I think the first part is just you know you can see these guys can cover. Like if they know what's coming, like they can cover guys. Mm-hmm. But I think that really you know I think the misdirection is is exactly you know, the, the point here of like, they really had a lot of success for it. And it makes sense too, right? Uh, being a younger defense, a lot of young guys on that, on that uh, roster, uh, particularly in the linebacker group. I mean, just think like 20, 2019, right? Uh, 2020 with, you know, some of these linebacker groups that really, uh, that the Ravens were rolling out, had a lot of trouble on, you know, being able to, to, you know, cover in passing situations and, you know, why? Well, you know, we know our linebackers have speed. You know, we've always talked about how Patrick Queen having a ton of speed, but not having the play recognition in his younger years, right? And so I think, you know, maybe for Detroit, that may have been an element here as well. Um, just having a, a really young team, not really experienced, not knowing exactly what the Ravens want to do um, and, and you know, taking advantage of that. I think you're really hitting on something really good there too. Um, and what is that? That's in-game adjustments. That's what we've been really, you know, wanted to see more of with this team. I think we we saw it more. Um, we've been seeing it more this year than we had in some previous years. But this was one of those games where we saw it work, and we saw it work in a big way. Um, was part of that because Detroit failed to adjust, and we adjusted. I mean, sure, maybe, but 
still, you know, they did the right thing and we got a big amount of offensive production out of it. So um, that was great to see. And, you know, I, I think the scheme is definitely part of it, but I think we also have to look at the offensive line. Was the production perfect today? No, but I think overall you saw um, a very good performance by the offensive line. And again, this is a unit that a couple of weeks ago, we had a lot of things to say about things that needed to be fixed. I'm not saying everything was fixed, but I think this performance, um, something that might go overlooked with a game where you had all these big plays and a lot of Lamar having to make things happen on his own. It was a step in the positive direction for the offensive line this week. Certainly had the time to make some of these plays and get the longer uh, developing routes better in pass protection. Uh, and I think because of that, the running game benefited too. It, um, But I think it all started with the pass. I really do. I think like our ability to have such a successful uh, passing game and the looks we were doing, um, I think it really slowed down their linebackers. And of course, all the uncalled holds as the people around us were <laughs> mentioning like crazy. I, I was I was hoping you're gonna bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I think I think there was a couple things going on. My understanding is the broadcast they talk about on on, on uh uncalled holds. And I, I'm not saying that there wasn't some of that, but I think actually what <laughs> what really messed with them is like like I was saying, we chipped a lot. Like it was, we weren't, you know, we were sacrificing some of our, our passing upside, despite what the numbers showed, um, by chipping and having guys stay around great chipping too. I saw one by Hill. Ah, excellent. I thought I mentioned the one about Bateman. Good. And then your, your, your typical suspects, you know, your, your tight ends did a good job as well. And I just, uh, I just think that that's, that's a heavy part of it guys. And, um, that triple option play second player of the game or whatever it was uh, to Odell, where they like had Zay cross the formation, fake the handoff uh, to whoever the running back was. Lamar looks like he's running and then he throws it like as the, as linebackers are trying to rally, <laughs> he just throws it right over their head to <laughs> OBJ. I was like, well, that's a beautiful play. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that. And, uh, but they waited until this game to kind of break it out. But I feel like that's going to be a signature kind of play because why, why wouldn't it be? You can't win. <laughs> it's a really that's, hard play. to Yeah. <laughs> So much we could talk about more with this offense. Um, it was just great to see this explosion. I mean, gosh, we've been talking about it with Glover, right? When was the last time the Ravens scored over 30? It had been a while. Uh, it was his first time this year, right? We hadn't scored 30 points in a game. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Might have been the first time since that Patriots game last year. It had been a bit. But um, defense, too. Defense uh, had a great game here. Now, of course, David Montgomery was out for the Lions. I think that did hurt them. Jared Goff, while he's, um, you know, having a little bit of a career resurgence in Detroit, he's still a guy. And we talked about in the preview, like he's going to be at his best when, um, when that, that offense is on track and that offense needs a, a consistent running game to, to get that going. And Jameer Gibbs, you know, we liked him coming out of, out of college. He had a great game, uh, but he's not the ma- the basher that Montgomery is. I think the injury to Montgomery really hurt what um, they had to do, but still, I don't think that you can take, take away that the front seven, I mean, they just took the, whatever running game potential there was in this game for the lions and, and just slammed the door shut on it and forced golf to, to try and do everything by himself. And I think that right there, was the foundation for the defensive performance you had on Sunday. I mean, it was great. 
um it was one of those two where it's just like it didn't it, it felt like it didn't really take that much um to get the defense going right it was a couple of three and outs and really like it's not so bad but if you're you know the other defense can get off the field right but that was the key of like both phases i think we're playing so well that all of a sudden, you know, two, three and outs, three, three and outs, now four, three and outs. Oh, crap. Now you're down 28, nothing. Obviously, that becomes a lot harder to come <laughs> back. And I mean, that, you know, like you were saying, Peter, I think that that played right in the Ravens' hands of like, okay, now you're forcing Goff to be able to take a, you know, significant amount of snaps, having to put him in these obvious passing situations where he's not comfortable. And sure, you know, I, I mean, I, I think. You know, the only thing you can nitpick with is that the Ravens did let up a touchdown at the very end, and it was a rushing, rushing touchdown to Gibbs. And yeah, it was well blocked. Um, you know, I gave the Lions fan behind me. I was just like, yeah, it was, it was a good play, you know, <laughs> but a little, a little late, I think. Um, but, you know, it, even if you take that away, I, I think game plan wise, it, it, you, you couldn't have schemed it up any better. It was exactly the situation the Ravens wanted to be in. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the, the front seven. I think it's a huge part of that, um, you know, putting, you know, consistent pressure on the quarterback. I, I think that is, I think, probably the position group this year, I feel like, is the biggest step up from from last year. And it's funny because I know even when, you know, Calais, you know, unfortunately, you know, he left and to go to the Falcons, but he was like, you know, these guys behind me are so good. You know, I I don't need to be here, right? I I don't. I feel like I don't really have a role anymore. And you know, listened. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you're cut. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like. I I guess. I guess when I heard it from him originally, I'm like, I'm like, I get it, but like also like, you know, Matty Bouquet was like having like you know inconsistent Washington. He's like, okay, yeah, like he'll make some plays and everything. And and Jones is a rookie, so we're like, okay, yeah, sure, but. This year, I mean, just the consistent pressure that we're able to get to with four guys like is incredible. I mean, we don't have to bring the house like we did, you know, with these defenses under Wink to be able to get pressure. We can generate it with our with a front four, with the outside linebackers that we have. Um, it, I mean, it's just incredible. I think that really is one of the biggest difference to this defense this year. NFL leaders in sacks, 29 in the first seven weeks, five in this game. Could have been six if golf didn't intentionally ground. Matt BK is like, darn it, that was another million. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got another <laughs> sack. Um, fun fact, slot cornerbacks, six sacks this year and 30 attempts. Saw that in Kevin Cusick's article. Unbelievable efficiency. Millette had another one in this game. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a very impressive performance from a pass rushing perspective. OA in his first game back, very um, great performance. Not only did he get a sack, a forced fumble, and a holding penalty to uh, uh, draw a, a, a fourth down, kind of made him punt right afterwards because uh, it was too far. Just an incredible game. He, he ate up snaps, which was huge because Clowney didn't have to play as much. Van Noy, um, uh, of course, like Tavius Robinson took a, a much bigger step back, but still had you know contributions in this game. That was great. Like we need that. We need another guy. It's like the uh, Orioles being like, we got a six man rotation now. Like that was really important for our pitchers down the stretch. Like we needed a guy just to take some innings, <laughs> like take some snaps. Like, and, and of course, like Oway playing at such a high level, uh, you know, hate that he had that setback in week two, but I think he's going to be a huge asset for this team. And I'm, I'm thinking he's working his way towards a, of, of an accepted fifth year option or some kind of 
attempt to extend, you know, if they don't accept this fifth year option, I think it's because they want to do a, a different kind of contract structure, kind of similar to what they were saying with Queen. But I think he's playing up to the the potential, and um, it's really just like so excellent to see. Like it, it's it's what you need, man. Like you're saying, oh, they're winning with four. You know what people who win with four do? They win Super Bowls. It's like a prerequisite. You don't win Super Bowls unless you can win with four. So we have it. It's like it doesn't mean we're going to win, but it doesn't mean we're not going to win. <laughs> you know, like like we have a prereq that's super important, and it, it gets you excited. It could be a very special group. Oh, wait. Yeah. Great game. Great spotlight on him. Uh, Matabike just continues to be a game record this year. Uh, tied for ninth in the league in sacks right now. Um, that's from, from an interior lineman. That, that's something special. Um, it just, it just playing with a high motor these past couple of weeks. Just really great play. Um, and another guy, week in and week out, Roquan Smith, man. Uh, just another great game on Sunday. Uh, an excellent play early in the third quarter. Now, I mean, I know the Ravens are already up four scores, but um, you didn't want to give the Lions any life at all, of course, right? You never want to do that in that point. Um, to, to strip the ball away on that potential touchdown there in the back of the end zone, that was excellent. And then Geno Smith continuing to step up uh, with Marcus Williams, trying to figure out when he's going to be at full strength. Uh, to be able to come back and contribute to this defense at the all pro level that we all know he can, can when he's healthy, had another pick. He's up there. He might be leading tied for the league lead in interceptions. Dan, Gino, Um, Gino Smith. We'll see in two weeks. Did I say Geno Smith, man? Geno Smith. <laughs> I thought it before too. I just had to get you. Oh yeah. So, so well, I mean, I, I mean, I think we've told the story before where, um, uh, you got me confused. Cause, uh, Remember that when we were doing the draft preview episode, I, I, I earmarked Geno Stone as po- a potential late round safety that the Ravens might want to take a look at. And then we drafted him and I would come back from a bike ride, check my phone. And I saw your message like, we got Geno Smith. And I was like, we got Lamar. Why, why did we, first off, why did we get that? And why are you excited about it? And I was like, oh no, Geno Stone. That's, that's it. But yeah. I mean, you got, just got so many guys stepping up on this defense and we're highlighting a different guy every week. It feels like, um, you know, Vinoy got a sack. Uh, he was in there. Um, Clowning just week in and week out. He's an impact player. Sometimes it shows up on the stat sheet. Other times it doesn't. But you watch the tape, and he's always doing. He's always disrupting every weekend in and out. So this defense is just so much fun to talk about. This is, and every year the Ravens have a good defense. This has been one of the more fun units than I can remember in, in quite some time, really. This um, is like a this is like a Chuck Pagano level defense, I think. I, I that, think you're that's right. the one it reminds me of. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Not not really a true star, so to speak. As far as, you know, like the majority of the plays are being made by one guy. Of course we have stars. Roquan's a star. Marlon's a star. But like every week, multiple guys are making plays. You're getting plays from every single guy who's lining up. Um and it's it's just making this unit very um, fluid in, in what it can attack and what it can take away from another team. Um, I, I'm really excited to to see this unit down the stretch um, when it starts. Weather starts getting cold because we know that's when Ravens defenses are really at their best. Right? When they play really well in that bully ball, that that cold weather games in, in the AFC North and and elsewhere. When you have those environments, man, a lot of a lot of good signs from this unit. A lot of good signs and. Really giving the offense lots of time to to get on track with this new scheme, um, such that 
I mean, man, second half of the year, these games that we're seeing here, this 38 to six, this could become the norm again. It's certainly possible. Um, It's only one game, so I don't want to say we're there, but once the offense gets footing, the defense is there and we could see this team really put on some dominant streaks. Yeah, defense defense definitely is there. I mean, uh, shoot, man, it's just like there just doesn't seem to be a weak spot. Like, uh, and I, it, it's not from from being like overconfident, but it it it's just from like a you know from a roster construction of this defense and like the way they're being coached right now and just the level of talent they have on that side of the ball. It's just you know we've we talked a lot about how you know cornerback was a problem group. It's not a problem now. Marlo, and that was before Marlo, you know, he, he wasn't <laughs> playing. He was hurt. And now that he's back, it's like, okay, you've got Marlo and Stevens playing incredible. And then you have these other corners that are, um, at this point, you know, rotation. We thought that they were going to have to be our, our two and three guys all the time. But, you know, um, you know, Darby and, and Rock and, and Millette are, you know, uh, having an impact in, in their kind of uh, reduced rotation. Um but they're not being picked on, right? It's 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 not a roster where you're like, okay, you have to go after them. It's like, no, you know, they can they can hold up fairly well, um, as long as you don't have a mismatch. I think with like Molette and then Hopkins, I think that was probably a mismatch. But not every team has a Hopkins, so. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, shoot, I but I want I want to talk more about Roe though. I, I feel like it was it was a great game. I think obviously with the Ring of Honor ceremony for Terrell Suggs, I think that was super special. I think the defense wanted to show off for him a little bit. Um, but I tell you, man, Roe, oh man, he, he is, he is really the, the heir apparent to, to those defenses back, back in the day with Ray and Sizz and Ed and everybody. I mean, I just, I loved his, his post game comments after about how he told everybody in security is like, you know, I'll tell, you know, lock the, lock the doors. I'll tell you when, when we're going to let him out. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I just, I just, man, it just makes me happy. It just makes me, it reminds me back of the defense of the day where you had the swag, where you had guys talking up shit, and you know, just the, and they backed it up. That was the number one thing they could back it up, and and you know, Rose got these guy guys playing just at a really high level. I know it's obviously not just him. There's a lot of people playing really well, and the defensive coordinator is also doing a fantastic job. But I mean, just to have a, a little bit of swag on top of everything is just. Mm, chef's kiss it's it's great <laughs> the thing that's really good about this defense in my opinion is um and i think the reason why the lions look so anemic against us for what it's worth i wish i put this together it made me sound real smart <laughs> around glover but it was like kind of like what i realized thinking about their personnel and like actually seeing it happen they do a lot of uh i mean amarase brown's like one of the best like slot possession receivers in the game but for him to be like particularly effective you got to not be a great great at tackling and you need to like uh, let him create a little bit after the catch, right? His depth of target's not very high. Well, we're one of the best tackling teams and like rallying to the ball I've seen in a long, long time. Like that's it. Just it's that's like honestly our key thing. We rally to the ball so well, we play these zones so well that like even if a guy's open, they're not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like there's a guy going to be right there. They're going to tackle him. They're not going to get much yak. And I think that really hurt them. We were really good about keeping Gibbs in check. He had a couple big plays. That touchdown, I think, I think that's why they were mostly pissed. I think the whole defense, the second they scored a touchdown, they're like, we were supposed to get a shot off. You know, like, they were like so mad. And like, they did, they, they did. In our hearts, they did. It was like garbage time. There were so many people that had left by then, but yep. 
they they were like darn it we let it up like that i think that really like broke their backs they were really pissed off about that that's great because that's like always you know a big thing for defense they love to see a shutout particularly against a, an offense that was so heavily heralded and um and of course a big thing too is like the amount of pressure we were able to generate and some of these guys you know travis jones four pressures and a qb hit you know, that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet unless you have a, a good one with pressures and, and QB hits, right? But like he was all over the place. And the Van Noy, he had uh five total pressures and, and two sacks. Matabika, we talked about had five pressures. Like the amount of pressure was incredible. And 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 golf wasn't playing well under pressure. He 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 really regressed. And you see Stone with the interception. And I, I put the joke in here. Williams never said it, but they brought in Earl. And he was like, why am I here? We have Chuck Clark. They brought in Williams. I never said that. It's like, why are you here? We have Stone. Obviously, I want to see them both on the field. That's great. But like Stone's playing at that kind of level, man. It's it's so nice. And then Brand Stevens, number one snap guy. You know, they kind of retired the offense eventually. Um, or no, that, that, sorry, that was Stone. Stone played all the snaps. But Stevens, again, you know, just a huge presence. Two pass deflections. Almost got a pick. He was mad about that. I mean, shoot. Two and six on fourth downs. That's I think that's my only nit, by the way, for the offense. Should do a little bit more with uh, <laughs> those uh, failed fourth downs. You know, make them really pay. But yeah, I mean that that this defense is going to be one of the defenses we talk about for a long time, guaranteed. They are a defense that you know people see on the stat sheet. Ooh, they're the second best or the third best defense in the league, or whatever whatever the stats are saying. But they play a little bit different than like a typical good defense. They play, they're playing like a dominant defense. They're playing with swagger, the top in sacks. It's, I think they're a little, like they're a special top defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they definitely got, I mean, they're going to have the pieces um, to, to be continue to play really well, um, especially against like all, all these top teams. Right. I think, you know, um, a lot of people, I think, uh, you know, and, and I think th- there are good reasons for saying, um, but I think a lot of people are saying, you know, the Browns defense is one of the top defenses in the league. And I think statistically for the first couple of weeks, I think they were, they were very good. They've got a lot of talent on that roster as well. And Jim Schwartz, uh, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz is, is having them play really, really well. Um, you know, I don't think the, uh, you know, the roster was necessarily the problem in years past with them. Like, I think they've drafted fairly well. They just haven't had guys playing at the level. Well, they are now, but, you know, I feel like this week, you know, with a week like this where, you know, the Ravens you know, defense plays so well against a very top offense in Detroit. Um, and then you look over on the Brown side and like, well, you let up almost 40 points to, to the Colts <laughs> with their backup quarterback, two rushing touchdowns to Gardner Minshew of all people, you know, um, doesn't look as good, you know, and, you know, obviously just say like, you know, Ravens didn't look so good against the Colts either uh, or the Steelers for that matter. Uh, but I don't think those games were lost by our defense. <laughs> I think <laughs> right. they lost for other reasons, but, um, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. When, when I was thinking back of just the, I think the, I feel like the, the Chuck Pagano defenses, I feel like that at least those years in particular to me, I think were very special. Um, obviously we didn't win it all those years, but I think those, you know, um, those years, man, I think that it was just a very special year. Um, obviously ever, a lot of people played really well and that was the, you know, defensive player of the year Suggs, right? That was the, that was the year he got that. So, um, 
you know, but but that was that was one that really I, I kind of look at here, and I'm like, yeah, you've got you've got the talent at all positions right now. They're playing really well. They're coaching really well. Um, we just gotta hope that they put it all together, continue to put it all together throughout the rest of the season, and uh, you know, like we're saying at the top, continue to build, continue to get better every week. Wins will come. On that note, uh, I guess we want to jump into the MVP section, which I mean isn't really a section this week because the MVP is every single player who put on a Ravens helmet and went out on the field that game. I mean, that's literally <laughs> what it is. So I guess we'll call this section um, guy. We want to highlight who uh, had a really good game um, in particular. And I guess I'll go first. And, you know, like we said, so many guys that we could throw out in this, but, um, and I, I, I just got to do it to the guy who apparently um, disappeared a little bit from the public eye because play, people were forgetting that he was on the team. But week in, week out, he's just come in and he's doing his thing. He had two touchdown grabs. Uh, just give it to Mark Andrews here. Um, like we're saying, people remember he's on the Ravens now. That's for sure. Because of Mark Andrews and a couple other players in my roster, I didn't even field a quarterback this week. I beat Alec by 10 points in Sleeper. <laughs> I know. Yeesh. Yeah, that, that, was, that was sincere well, yeah, pain. Was that the, is that the league where Alec has Dobbs as one of his quarterbacks? Yeah. yeah. Dobbs no. and... Uh, yeah, so you, Dobbs only, and, you didn't uh, field Lawrence. any quarterbacks, but Alec only fielded one, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It, no. It's it's tough sledding, man. In that league, it's tough sledding. It's uh, my team also didn't, I got, didn't do terribly great either. I think I'm need Ayuk to have like 30 points tonight or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, touchdown. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely tough, guys. It's tough. But you know, I, I'm happy to give Chris that win. You know, he's a what two time champion in that league right now. So he's trying to go three peat. It's, it's got a star. Remember last year? It was, oh, yeah. uh, it was a little weird with the uh, yeah. Jamar Hamlin situation. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah. still uh, quite good. Quite good. Yeah. For me, I'm going to give my uh, MVP to a person that did not put on a uniform, but instead put on a hoodie. Mm. I'm going to say, you got to <laughs> give props. <laughs> you got to give props to Munkin, man. He was up there high-fiving. He had, he called it a beautiful game. And uh, I hear, you know, he got a game ball. And I also hear he cussed a lot. But then in the, the Ravens productions, you know, post game thing, he was like, credit to the players, credit to the coaches, great team win. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I want the uncut, like OnlyFans version of Todd Munkin just cursing away. <laughs> like, this, this is uh, too censored. <laughs> I need an unbridled, unbridled Todd Munkin. <laughs> yeah, he's my MVP. Nice. Oh man. Uh so yeah, so many. I could go Lamar. I could go Roe. I could go the BK. You know what? I'll say this. Yeah, we're gonna go a little we're gonna go a little off the rails. You know who I was excited to see play? Keaton Mitchell. Um Alec, I think you called it the first play he was in. He didn't get the ball, but he was a decoy. I think <laughs> it was a ten yard game. And he got the ball a little bit later and he got a he got a nice carry for nine yards. Um we'll see about his health. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, tweak his hamstring a little bit. We'll see. He'll be back eventually, but um, I can't. I, yeah, we can't wait to kind of see him, man. Um, obviously, Gus is great. Justice Hill is great once he holds the ball. 
So then he fixed the fumbling issues. But Keaton's got that speed, man. Got that extra speed in the run game that we could really use, uh, especially to complement with Hill. So um, hopefully he comes back and he's healthy because uh, we want to see more of him. Indeed. Could be another great piece of the puzzle. We're looking at this Ravens team, just a lot of players contributing. It's coming from all over. It's a roster that's deep, and they're all contributors. And I think that's the biggest thing. See it on defense. We see it on offense. Everyone's participating. Everyone's getting a part of the glory. It's not leaning on necessarily one star here, one star there. Total team. And just like, you're, I think that's why you're seeing the buy-in. Everyone's getting to participate a little bit. Everyone's getting a little bit of the pie. And this is a, this is a fun team, guys. This is a fun team. Definitely getting, getting some vibes, getting good vibes. <laughs> Let's just keep riding it. <laughs> guys, we got a big game in Arizona. You might look at them and be like, oh, they're one and six. Well, Cowboys would like to tell you something about that uh, that one, and they're a good team. They're you know there's 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 reason to see uh, you know potential there. So we got to we got to prepare for them, and we had a great guest lined up. You'll hear it later in the week. Ed Smith, talk to him, learn a bit more about uh, what the Cardinals are doing. Former NFL tight end, great uh, great guest, lots of uh, fun insights, and hear more about that young up and coming team find us on one winning pod at twitter one winning pod on threads one winning pod at gmail.com for the email go ravens we'll talk to you later in the week